Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We Are Calvin podcast. Because Calvin's not just a place, it's a people. A very good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast on wearecavan.com. I uh, hope you've all made it safe and sound around the country. We woke up to a blanket of snow across the county of Cavan um, on this Wednesday morning, so it's, uh, but luckily, luckily, I think from the forecast, it's going to clear up by the weekend, so football and hurling and everything, well, no hurling this weekend, but football, both men's and ladies, Paul, can go ahead this weekend. Yeah, we were just talking about that off air, Damon. Will the, will the Kerry game go ahead on Sunday? Um, well, I suppose if you're saying the temperature is given to rise on on Saturday, like I was reading that online that there was going to be a good bit of snow in the next day or so. So if the temperature rises, if that all thaws on Saturday, like would the pitch still be playable? Well, that's true too. I suppose yeah, definitely will be playable because it's a new surface. But you'll find that I think it could be a lot of games off. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, on the show today, we're going to be talking about the hurlers who had a, a wonderful victory over in Ballyconnell against Leitrim. We'll be talking about the ladies footballers who are out this weekend against Tyrone in the opening round of the Little National Football League. But that's in Terry Coyle, Sunday, 12.30. Whether that's playable or not is is another question. And then obviously the, the lads are out on, uh, on Sunday afternoon, but we're not going to be talking about that. That's for the Die Hard podcast on patreon.com forward slash we are Cavan. Head on over there for a reaction to the Galway game. Um, we got up with Mickey Graham, with Raymond Galligan, the new Cavan captain, and with Michael Meehan, the former Galway All-Star. So um, that's on patreon.com forward slash we are Cavan. We're also going to be talking about on this week's show a little bit later on um, the Cavan GEA adult competition structure for 2019. There's a number of decisions for clubs to make and we'll be going through that, quite a number of decisions. So we'll, we'll hold that towards the end of the show. But we'll start off, I suppose, with the, the hurling um, top of the, the pile for the simple reason, a great, great win against Leitrim, Paul. Yeah, great win. Cavan were losing 1-7 to 1-2 at halftime and came back, made a couple of changes at halftime, seemed to freshen up the team. Uh, brought on two of the Shannon's brothers from Kula. One of them had already started, John, and they brought on Killian and Colm. And they just saw it out. Uh, Leitrim had two core players playing, I think. One of them, Murray, scored eight points. Um, and Cavan saw it out and came up came up strong in the closing stages. with it. And it was John Shannon who came up with the free to win it. Um, a great goal, I think, by Keevan. Keevan or was it Jeremy Carney? Dermot, yeah. Which, um, or a point by Dermot Kearney on the, on the report. Oh, sorry, yeah, Hugh Briardy got the goal. Hugh Briardy was back in the team from Mullerhorn. Yeah. He got he got a good opportunist goal. So, look, a, a, good, a great win for Cavan, a serious win. And they had, now they had said a couple of things, the manager said a couple before the game. He said that they were, they were going to uh, take each game as it comes and not get carried away and looking at winning yeah. the Laurie Cup like they did last year, which was good, a good solid thing to say. He also said they wouldn't have any have any outside Perma players, and they had the three All Ireland club winners from from Cuda, the three Shannons. But uh, I suppose they're of Cavan blood. But you know, it makes a big difference. It opens a debate about whether teams should should be bringing in outside players because does it become then an arms race? If you have five outside well, players and your opponent have five outside players, it might come down to 
who's got the better outsiders, which is really probably not what it but should be. Essentially, that's what it. What it. I, I don't want to diminish it, but it possibly is gone to that. You look at the two the two top scorers on the field: Murray for Leitrim, eight point seven frees, and John Shannon for Cavan. Six points, five frees. You know, they're you're essentially probably right. It is who's got the best outside players. Well, if you, you take an, them all away, sum it up, Damien. Um, when Dinny Cahill was was over Cavan a couple of years ago, like they had Dinny's son come up, like who's a, who's an excellent hurler from Tipperary, but absolutely no connection. No connection with his father's over the team. But I know that they played a few outside players that year, and there's one player in particular that I know, um, young hurler from Cavan. His father's from down the country, and um, he he has been into Hor- into Horland since he was a kid, probably through his dad. And he was left sitting on the bench, and he quit after. Yeah, and like that's the kind of guy that's going to sustain Cavan Horland. No offense to these fellas, they are putting in an effort. They're coming down. They're class hurlers. They come from other counties, and they're and they're willing to do it. And there's no snobbishness or anything like that. And you have to commend that too. But it's going to be the the homegrown players are going to be the ones who are going to be here. Sustain the game, coach, all that stuff. You see, the point being that that I'd imagine what they were thinking on it was that okay, some of these counties don't have enough numbers to play, and therefore we give them the opportunity. But if the evidence is to the contrary, you know, which I think it is in in most counties now that you can get fifteen, twenty, twenty five lads together to play, it it should be taken away from all counties, and I. Don't get me wrong, firstly, Cavan were 100% right and are 100% right to play the Shannons. At least they've got a Cavan connection. And on top of that, the other teams are doing the same in the division. So you'd be massively handicapped if you didn't play. You see, let's say you had... What I think the rule came in for was... Let's say you had um, the likes of one of the Shannons was a guard and he was based in Cavan. And he might be out training the other 12 team, the local Horland team. But he's still playing at a high level of club hurling with his home club, be that Kula in their case, or be it um, Portumna or whoever, whatever team it's going to be outside the county. And I think the reason the rule came in that you could switch county and not switch club was for those sort of fellas who, good hoarders who are living and settled in an area, but still want to play with their home club while they're still playing club hurling, that, that a county could benefit from them. So, for example, if you have a bank official in Cavan or an army man or whatever, they would have picked up a lot of... So why wouldn't they bring that rule into football then? If that was the reason for the rule? Because it's such, such a... It's such a disparity in the hurling. Like, like between Maybe. number one and number and number 31 or 32 in, in the hurling. Well, it's probably not any bigger, but there is a big... Like, if you example, had a Dublin... There's six, there's six tiers in hurling. If you had a Dublin, a Dublin club footballer at the top level who played for... St Vincent's but lived in in I'm trying to think of the right lived in Bombay you know would would the same rule apply there in football well in the football you've got the parentage rule I presume that, that there's that there's a parentage rule there in the Hurling as well but I know that a, a team won um, the Laurie Maher a few years ago and they had five players in from one particular county strong Hurling county who didn't have a very much of a connection, but they brought in just probably five good hoarders from one club, and it, like that was that was a spinier team: fullback, centre back, midfielder, centre yeah. forward, forward. I'm not saying Cavan are doing that. No, no, no. And but I suppose look at we we we'll maybe move on from that for the simple reason that I don't want to 
let's make it sound like we're, we're, we're dampening down Cavan's No, and like if you look, if you look at that Cavan team, it's full of young Cavan. Well, I was just going to say that. Like, look, the, the team that started was Darren Shorten, Mark Moffat, Mark Hayes, and Dara Brady, all living, working, and and most of them from Cavan. As yeah. in, well, Mark Hayes is essentially a Cavan man. Ah, he's now, a Cavan man point. now, yeah. He's long enough around. Ronan O'Hagan, Anthony Shorten, and Caelan Kelly uh, were the half back line. All Cavan men. Paul Shorten in the middle of the field with um, John Shannon. Dermot Carney, Kevin Keneally, who essentially is a Cavan man now at this point. He's been around Butler's Bridge long enough. And Quevin Carney, all Cavan men. And then Damien O'Reilly, Hugh Briardy and Alex Hamilton, all Cavan men yeah. started. So your subs that come on were, were um, Callum Shannon, um, Killian Shannon and Matthew Hines, who again is Cavan man. So you're only talking about three out of 18 Players. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying it's it looking from the outside in it is it's probably a source for a wider debate. But then again, if you've got three players of Cavan descent, if the, if maybe if we didn't have certain economic conditions or something back in the day, maybe their dads still be living in Cavan, maybe they grew up spend their summers in Cavan. Yeah. To go to all the Cavan matches. And you're playing against a team who has a couple of Cork fellas or like I think there was two Cork men at least playing for yeah. Leitrim. Yeah, and I heard two Galway lads. I thought yeah, so you could be right well. there. So, like, and I, I know Clement Kniff, We talked about him on the last podcast. He wasn't playing. He was sick. Yeah. So that was a, a boost to Cavan. But they've got um, Sligo next. That's right. On the seventeenth, uh, February seventeenth, they're away to Sligo. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully they can get another couple of wins, and you start to see crowds coming out to watch these games. And yeah. Um, obviously you weren't going to get a huge crowd last Sunday because it clashed with the football and there was such a buzz around Mickey Graham's first National League match Galway people like to get over to Galway for a weekend as well Yeah, it brought a good Cavan crowd but you you might find it now maybe they'll put on a double header sometime as well well they will actually they, the Sligo game is on the weekend the, Ka- the Cavan footballers first break so um, and then the Cavan Roscommon football game is a double header with Cavan Longford in the Horland, and Longford are the team that got relegated from Three A in that Horland. So they'd be favourites if Cavan were to beat Sligo, who are joint top at the minute, because they beat Fermanagh in their first game. Um, it would mean that that. Cavan Longford would be a massive game, so it'd be great to see that. And I think that's a great initiative, in fairness, by the county board to put the double header on. You know, give give these lads the opportunity to play in front of a big crowd and give a crowd the opportunity to look at the game and go, actually, these are entertaining. Because yeah. I've, I've been to a good few last year and I enjoyed them. I enjoyed well, we them immensely. To, we have to commend Cavan Hurlers because it's very hard to change the culture. And a couple of years ago, like they could not win a game and they were they were dreadful, really. Well, they couldn't get lads out to train. Yeah, and now they're working, yeah. they're working hard. And it's got to the point now, and I know we're talking about maybe parent players and things like that. Any Cavan Hurler listening to this should take it as a compliment because we're... We're sitting here and we're not going, Cavan won a game. They won the game and we're talking about the more issues involved with the team and that's a sign of a, of a good team. Damn right, yeah, you're 100% right. And, and and the fact that they're doing enough now to warrant the attention that they're getting from, from media and, and, and it's thoroughly deserved. And I think, like my point being that the three lads from Kula, I, I wouldn't let that overshadow the... 15 lads from Cavan. You know, three lads never won a game on their own. So I, I think it's a, look, it's a good victory. Hopefully they can build on it for the Sligo game. We'll catch up with uh, some of the Horlers before the Sligo game and have a preview that week on the podcast. But well done, Cavan Horlers. Great to get that win and start the, start the year on a positive note. Um, Cavan ladies are taking on, they start their little National Football League Division 2 campaign this Sunday morning, um, weather permitting, I'm presuming, in Terry Coyle Park at half 12. 
Um, I suppose timing is good. Sunday afternoon or Sunday morning? Afternoon. Sunday morning, half 12 would be a bit, bit dark. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Did I say morning? <laughs> Sorry. That's going to show what time you get up at. Sunday afternoon. <laughs> Sunday afternoon um, at half 12. So it'll be... It, uh, do you know what? You you go into Cavan Town, maybe head somewhere for a bit of breakfast around 10 or half 10, jump into Terry Kyle Park, watch that game, and then up to Kingsman Breffney to see the kingdom come. It could be a great Sunday. Yeah, I think so, yeah, I think so. Now, you have heard word on the ground, Damien, that... that um, or just, I should say, for anyone who, who, who is wondering why there's no reference to this game in the Celt, in today's Celt, Cavan ladies don't have a PRO, and they basically don't liaise with the, with the media it's very piecemeal. You get the very, very little um, liaisons with Cavan Ladies Football. And yet there is a constant stream of invective coming my way um, where it's stuff that's not covered in terms of ladies football. Despite we do, we do cover all the major things in ladies football, but when this happens, I'm just going to get this off my chest. Yeah. When this happens, what, what, hap- what I always say is if, if anyone, a parent or anyone else, contacts the Celt in good time and says there's this game coming up uh, we will cover it and you preview it or and the whole lot the case, and like yeah. you went down and covered the, the minor right. Ulster club final for, for the Celt down in yeah. Emmy Vale and we would always cover these games we went to all the Red House big games last year and all that so I didn't realise this game was coming up on Sunday it, right. resources okay. are tight are tight in the Celt and unless like there's such the information is the given information to comes you. In. Every other sport is able to promote themselves, but ladies' football, men's football, are brilliant at promoting themselves. They've got a, a PRO, Mark Rourke, who's brilliant. They've got people in different committees who send in information and fixtures and tables and. Um, but even the club PRO send in. Crow Park is constantly sending out fixtures and having press launches and everything. The ladies is like, you come and cover us. And and it's your yeah. job to go and, and and dig through everything and and check. I I I will interject a wee bit for the simple reason that again the ladies are coming from a a low number of participants to now it is exploding in participants. But I don't think that the committee end has has caught up with the amount of participants, especially in Cavan. And the level of success that Cavan has produced over the last few years has been probably because great coaches took on teams and, and, and a huge amount of effort has been put into that end. I think you're right. The, the PR end of it does need a wee bit of an injection, but I do know that they're looking at trying to to get extra bodies in to help that. So it's it's a building process for them. But yeah. I can understand completely why it's not in the paper. I probably could have helped out a wee bit when I, I rang Carol Kiernan on Monday night to find out about it. So um I should have actually said it on Tuesday. Yeah, but that's but not that's that's not your job like. But it's the is the job of the of the board to promote their activities and yeah. they're they're not doing that now. But look we will cover it again Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it should be I suppose that, Going to the game itself, Tyrone, I'm 90% sure, came down from Division 1 last year. Um, Cavan narrowly missed out on, on promotion to Tipperary. Um, so you'd anticipate that this is a massive game. But then, the way the league is structured, it's it's not the be-all and end-all in round one because if you finish top, you're not automatically promoted. Yeah, that's very strange. That has caught Cavan out in the past before. But yeah. You'd imagine it, it can't be long before before the, the, the wave of underage success is going to come through because the fact is you can you can play senior intercounty ladies football at 17 which we saw like Solar McFeedy doing last year so it should come a lot quicker it's not like men's football it, 
uh, which, which might take that bit longer. So Cavaliers are probably at this stage overdue a bit of a breakthrough at adult level because I mean it's a few years now since the one we'll say on the fourteen All Ireland. Um, it's four years ago now mm. since the one that one. So like, if you took the average age of ladies football teams, I'd say even though men's average age of intercounty teams has dropped a lot, I'd still say it's it's younger. No. And you do have things like uh, girls go and get maybe start having families and stuff like that, and they miss out on football and careers end earlier. So. Mm. I think Kevin, it's it should Kevin be should be doing yeah. making that breakthrough. I know you you told me off air that there's there's word that they've lost a few players. Yeah, yeah, I've, I I heard I heard rumours of a few um, players. I I don't know whether it's just retirements or or just have stepped away. I, I don't know, or maybe it's injuries. I'm I'm not sure, but I believe that they're down a number of players from last year's panel. So. You know, it'll be just interesting to see. I, I was trying to get a hold of the the Cavan manager James Daly, and I was a, a little bit late for meeting him, so he was unable to to chat to me. But um, we'll try to try to get to the bottom of it and see exactly who's missing or what's happened there. But um, you know, the the important thing for Cavan is that you know they continue with the conveyor belt coming through, and that the conveyor belt doesn't stutter at 17, 18, 19 years of age. That I suppose them girls that won the under 14 All Ireland four years ago, you know, the best of them need to be in and need to be getting used to the environment of county senior f- mm-hmm. football, you know. And, and there and seems to be a lot of turnover of managers and uh, that end of things with Cavan ladies, you know, like, you know, probably no different to the men's, but they probably could do with a bit of continuity in that end too. Yeah, like, in, like there in was there was talk that that that, that James Daly mightn't have been staying on this year. Uh, I did hear that whisper. Uh, whether right. it was of his own volition or or not, I don't know. But maybe that's something to do with the unrest in the panel. If there is unrest, all will become clear. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. Kind of be. I'd be wary of finding out, or I'd, I'd be conscious of just finding out exactly what is going on mm. there. There could be perfectly valid reasons for the people stepping away. Um, that that has nothing to do with any like county board or management or anything like that. But we'll have to maybe get to the bottom of it first. It's it's. The turnover of managers is something that's interesting when you bring it up. And, and I had this conversation with somebody about um, Cavan from Connor Barry to Aidan McCabe to, to James Daly. Like, you had at one point three managers in two years. Mm. Um, you know, you're now at three managers in three years if, because James Daly stayed on again. But it's it's something that... You know, the Mayo ladies thing has brought up kind of shone a spotlight on it. And now you're 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 looking at your own and saying, Jesus, you know, do, does Cavan have the same problem? Do they do the players, you know, maybe maybe not always agree with manager and therefore in ladies football is it easier just to walk away, is it? I, I don't know. Yeah I I thought I thought the behaviour of the Mayo ladies, without knowing the ins and outs of it, I thought some of their behaviour was was a bit off because when you've a man over a group of of females, the, the people people hear about a load of players are leaving and no one's going to say why. People put put two and two together and they think there's something Im- improper going on. I but even even worse, the wording of what the Mayo ladies that left said unsafe environment. Yeah, unsafe you know, environment, th- which straight away made you think like uh, like really. Their manager Peter Lee, he probably had a case there to take against them. Yeah, yeah. Because you know the the de- the definition of defamation is a statement that tends to lower someone's reputation in the eyes of right-thinking members of society, and like that's very, well, very immediately. Immediately, yeah. when I heard that unsafe environment, 
I thought, oh Jesus, what has he been caught doing? My God. And that's that was that was it. And fairness to him, he came out on one podcast on on Colin Parkinson's G E hour and set the record straight. Yeah, and he was dead right. And I think I think he he was he was his own saviour in doing so. But what he did was highlight the fact that the Mayo ladies were completely out of out of sync. Like what was going on there with girls trying to get other girls to leave the panel and not letting girls make their own individual decisions or trying not to and then putting it down and, and trying to create the impression that there was something wrong with the management. You know, I heard the press conference after and one Mayo lady, you know, saying she was in tears about being told um, a particular way that she, you know, that she wasn't good at certain things. That's part of management. Yeah. If you ta- if you can't point out to somebody their weaknesses, how are you going to improve them? Mm. I couldn't understand. It's, it's it. part of this whole wishy washy thing that has crept in. Uh, we've talked about it before. Like the the line has been blurred between the condition of depression, which is a dreadful, tragic thing for it to happen to anyone, uh, but and the emotion of depression, which is completely natural. Yeah, it's completely yeah. natural to be depressed at times and be down. If you lose a match, you're going to be depressed, and there's probably something wrong if you're not. Yeah, but or that, if you're dropped and you're put on the yeah. bench, or but why should necessarily people? It's like people are in uproar if they're made to feel depressed. That that there's a difference in my eyes between that and the 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 condition of depression, which is a mental health issue. I mean, it's a very very serious issue, mm. but. It seems they've all been blurred, and now it's got to say that it sounds like with those my old ladies that you can't say to them, "Look, you're not fit enough." Yeah, because you're it's, you're affecting their mental health. Yeah, I, I I don't understand. I think the my old ladies that walked away came away from that looking very very poor, and I I have to commend the girls that stayed on and that 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 backed the manager because they they knew the difference in my opinion from my reading on, on what was there they knew the difference between right and wrong and and the right side for me yeah. was stay and play and and well done it'll be them. interesting to see is that something that spreads around ladies football in general now mm. or will it be an isolated thing like i i know and i was having this conversation with another football man the best manager that i that i kn- ever knew was a manager that i completely disliked and he completely disliked me but the, the, when I look at what I want to be as a manager, I, I, I pick up more from that one person. He, he didn't get on with me. He he gave out to me every single opportunity. He he made me feel like absolute crap as a player. But I didn't walk away. I didn't quit. You know, y- you have to take that on. Why, this, why on, did you say? Why did you say he was the best manager if he made you feel bad as a player? He was the best manager because the best what he done with the better players and he he the way he could. The way he could motivate them and the way he could motivate a group overall. Now, for whatever reason, with me it was something completely different. And 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 I was, I'd imagine, I don't know. Look, at, I I maybe got under his skin. Maybe I was too vocal. I don't know what it was, but it it, it was a it was a clash between us. But yet he was he was an outstanding manager for overall for the whole team. Overall for the whole team, probably the, sorry, not probably definitely the best manager I ever worked under. So that's why I take a huge amount from him. But the point being that, you know, you, you can you can have a manager who can can eat you out of it, can absolutely tear you a new one, but still be a brilliant manager. You don't yeah. walk away from it. You have to get thick-skinned because you're going to get players in the field that will give you abuse, that will tell you your crap. You know, what are you going to do there? Are you going to walk away from that battle as well? Yeah. And that's where... Well, that's, the thing is, you, you, you're not... If, you're, if your job is to get the best out of a team or even individuals, it's not necessarily you want to be their best friend. Like, That's you know, it. And, and make them feel 
the great. Some lads, you might have played. You probably played better football. I know. I know the type of you. You probably said dug your dug your heels in and said, "I'll show this lad." Well, I went. I went on. I went on the drive for six months trying to trying to be a better footballer. I still wasn't a good footballer, <laughs> unfortunately. But it was yeah one of those things. I suppose we we we've tangent off a wee bit. So we wish to Cavan ladies the the very best of luck. Sunday morning. Afternoon, <laughs> Sunday afternoon, 12.30 in uh, Terry Kyle Park to take on Tyrone in the opening round of the Littles, uh, Little National Football League Division 2. So hopefully uh, James Daly's charges can kind of get themselves back in a promotion pr- position towards the, the end of the spring. Kieran Callahan Electrical, shine a light on your future. Check out www.callahanelectrical.ie or phone 049-43-30. Double one. Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, Check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. We're going to look now, Paul, if you don't mind um, staying with us, we're going to look ahead to... There's a meeting coming up, I think it's next week, where the clubs um, have to come in and decide on a number of factors that will affect the adult competition structures for 2019. So I'm going to try to go through them as quick as possible um, and just get your opinions on, on the different decisions to be made. It's a, it's a really well laid out document by the Cavan CCC. So yeah. um, the first of it is that, so it's the All-County Football League for 2019 and the current structure is three divisions um, with 14 in Division 3 and Division 2 and 12 teams in Division 1. Decision 1 to be made, and this is from 2020 onwards, so it won't come into next year. Uh, or sorry, it won't come into this year. It'll, it'll be next year. Mm. Uh, the proposal is to revert to four divisions of 10, playing 18 all-county football leagues, including significant numbers of midweek fixtures to conclude before championship. So that's one option. Option two is a revert to four divisions of 10 playing 18 all-county football leagues, including midweek fixtures, but not plan all-county fixtures to finish prior to the club championship. Or division tr- or sorry, option three is continue with three divisions with 11-13 games, midweek fixtures only if absolutely necessary, and conclude before championship. I think there's, the, there's, there's different debating points on that. Mm. The one thing I think, I, I think everybody midweek games are difficult, aren't they? Players getting home, they can be, they can be, and and that's that's it's it's the point for debate. Um, the one thing I think everybody's going to agree on is that it's option one or it's option three there. So that championship or league is finished before championship. Lara found themselves in a very difficult situation because of Mullerhorn's run this year to deal with the final where they sat. I think it could have been short of three months without a game waiting for that mm. it's not fair no it's absolutely not fair so I think the championship why was that not finished before championship because it was it was supposed to be wasn't it and like was, division 1 was yeah but division 1 only had 11 games right so it was the same as, as the, so division 2 and division 3 in the league had, had 13 games and both their finals were post championship because of the extra games so what they need to do is if so, they so say, if, if you if you're a division 1 
club player um, and your team so in championship you're you're guaranteed 11 league games as is and in your championship you're guaranteed four and then either either a quarter final on or, or a relegation playoff on yeah so you're looking at a guaranteed 16 games in, across in your across your season, I think I think the recommendation from Croker was not something like twenty two games per year for, per player. That's what they recommend. Um, club games per player. Per uh, yeah, player. yeah, yeah, yeah. Per, per you're gonna club get, team. You're going to get if you're a county player. There's there's sixteen club games. Well, you're not going to get all sixteen club games if you're a county player because there's a certain amount that the all county football league will be without. Even this year with the eleven. Yeah. Was there? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. So you're 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 reducing it, but we'll, I'll, I'll tell you where where I'm thinking, and and I've a feeling that the three divisions will will come through with the championship with the league concluded before the championship. But what I loved about the the four divisions of ten was that there was no very little dead rubber games. You had within four divisions of ten, you had two promotion, two relegation, which was four teams. Your middle six. Then was was always competitive. There was very little dead rubber games, mm. so I like the four divisions but of ten. Why personally. is this being reviewed now? Because it's not that long ago we changed from four divisions back to three divisions, <laughs> and everyone, every, I think everyone said that the league and league and championship were both really good this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I can't argue with you. Yeah, maybe the maybe only, there was a the only thing, review. The only thing, well, well, there there was there was a review of a lot of different stuff. In fairness, and one of the main reasons was the. The, the league finishing after the championship and, and the number of all-county football league games without county players. But my point on, on on reverting back maybe to the four divisions and going with 18 games is that that guarantees you over that 22 games. Mm. So you get your, your four championship games plus the 18. But you can't get that finished before championship? Um, yes, you can. But it means a significant number of midweek fixtures. Now, I'll I'll put it this way: you, the the kings of football are Kerry, right? And I was reading somewhere where I thought you were going to say Mullahorn. Kerry, <laughs> watch this space. <laughs> Kerry Kerry club footballers were playing football in December. You know there was there was there was still league games going on in December. There was still other championships of some sort going on in December. Like. They play uh, in Kerry. They play thirty-five club games in a year. They mm. can play as many as thirty-five club games in a year, mm. which is just you know. And and sorry, that's as a player that could play with maybe East Kerry and then with his you know. That's that's what brings it into December. Because you often hear of we'll say the North Kerry final. It's been played on Stevens Day before and stuff like that's that. That's it. That's it. So that's what brings it into. So December. they have regional championships. They have the county championships. They have the 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 overall championship which has the regions competing against the senior teams you know there's so many competitions so many games and I wonder would we be better off getting getting back to that level in Cavan like we won't start our football in Cavan until mid-March maybe April and a lot of teams were finished this year by the end of August mid-September yeah, it's a short season when you look at it it is they, it, I can see your point there yeah like it's it's tricky. What do you do though? It's tricky. You don't want to run the championship off as a blitz either. You don't want to no, have no. a load of league games and then your championship runs off in seven weeks or something. But like, why not? Why not go to the eighteen games? Uh, this is this is my idea on it. Go to the eighteen games. Okay, go back to the four tens, and start your 
your all county football league in February, and and play play twelve or thirteen of those games without county players. Just keep those games going. So you're getting games week in, week out, the whole way through. See, that's where you're damned if you do and damned if you don't, because they try, they basically try that, and they call it the Berkeley League, where you're yeah. getting games all games are keeping going, and to make it more than just challenge games, they put a cup up for it, and it was basically rejected. But it was such a good idea. I, I on paper it was brilliant, yeah. like, but it didn't. There was absolute uproar about it. Like then you had you had teams pulling out of it and going to play challenge matches instead of it. instead of playing the Bradford League games, which really just made a laughing stock of it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it was. it's a tricky one. Like th- th- that is the core of it. I think though, more games gives footballers a, a better chance of improving. Yeah, personally, yeah, and, I, and that's why my my personal opinion would be go back to the four divisions and get in eighteen games and just play loads of games. You know, I I genuinely think that'll help football in Cavan, but. That's that would be my choice. What would yours be? I'd like to. I would like to see it finish before championship, if possible. If you could, if you could play the eighteen and finish before championship, the other thing is obviously Wednesday nights are difficult. Not as bad in the summer. Look at that. Look at that weather there. Like we look outside ah, yeah. today. No, you, not possible. If you were to play a Wednesday night in in snow or dark weather and stuff like that, and fellas trying to get out of Dublin, maybe you're working on the south side of Dublin, and you have to get to Swan Bar for eight o'clock on a Wednesday evening. It's not easy. Yeah, that's yeah. the other thing. Like True. It's different if you're in if you're in Mead or Dublin or or Kildare even. Yeah, yeah. You're within the hour, and like if you're parts of Cavan, you are, I suppose, depending on where you are in Dublin. So actually, a suggestion by one of the friend of the shows here um, at at one of the meetings I was at, Patch Corrigan said that if there is midweek fixtures, fix them for the east of the county, fix them for Virginia, for Mahara, for Mulla, for those much or Connacht, you know. Play those games up there. See if the pitches can be made available. I like the idea yeah. of it. Just in 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 theory, but in practically, you know, there, there, there was so much talk about Cavan possibly effects. building the centre centre of excellence in Mulla that would have ticked that box there as well. Possibly, we'll move on. The, to the, thing, the only thing, just before we go up that, there was there was there was uh, pluses and minuses to building in Mulla, and one of the minuses was the geographical location. While it's great for Dublin. You would really be cutting off West Cavan. Oh yeah, you'd be literally seeing the black line. You'd be better off playing with Leitrim. Yeah, you know that that that's that is the downside of it. That's another day's debate, though. I I think I think Kingspan Breffney was the right location yeah. personally. Decision two is um, so finals in Division two and three, semi-finals in semi-finals and finals in Division one, which is the current. So this is all county football league again, or the option there is the abolition. Um, sorry, abolish finals completely with teams finishing top of the table awarded the league title. What would you think? Yeah, but I, I personally would think the team who finishes top of the table probably should get the cup, but it's just not the way it's done in the GA. But that that is a remnant of going back in the day and they wanted to get the gate for a final. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then I, the gate goes back to the clubs. There's, yeah, there's yeah. what Longford do is an interesting system. So, you win, you finish top of the table, you get a cup. But the top four teams in the league then go into, they call it a separate competition. can't remember what the name of it is. And they, there's another cup for that. It's maybe an idea. That's, maybe an that's idea. an Irish solution to an Irish problem there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, possibly. Um, I, I, I personally like the, the current one. I, I think the semi-finals and finals can add a little bit to it, provided they're finished before championship. Yeah, I, I wouldn't bother with semis. 
But I know the reason for it is. Well, in Division it, it, One, it you makes, have to. It makes more game, more competitive. Yeah, you well, you have to. You need it because otherwise, you'll have too big of a gap between your top teams or top two teams, and then what's going to be relegated, which means you'll have league games that are on. on it's on, an extra game for two teams. So yeah. when you're only eleven, eleven games, yeah, I understand that. Yeah. Um, so decision tree is promotion relegation to include four teams top and bottom of the table which is currently so that you have two teams promoted two teams relegated in division two and two teams promoted in division three two teams relegated in division one Um, so the, the alternative is promotion relegation to include three teams top um top and bottom of the table uh, so the top team automatically promoted second and third playoff for the second promotion place. Bottom team automatically relegated second and third playoff for the relegated, the second relegated place. Um, so the, um, the the footnote on this one is that the CCC will endeavour to introduce a postponed game policy. This is actually not related to it, sorry. So you have a decision, relegation, promotion, um, to include three teams or four teams as currently, Paul? I think it's fine as it is. Yeah. I I, I think so the, the four teams, um, the four teams mean that what it's squeezing is that middle. Mm. So all the time, if you go back to three teams, you're going to have the last game or second last game of the league a team with nothing to play for and can't is, is get promoted, can't get into the relegation playoff, and therefore throws the game or or doesn't really care about it. And and what that has is a knock on effect that that team could have beaten a team earlier on in the league and then lose to a different team which relegates the team that they lost. You know, it's just I think it's it it, it makes for a fairer competition that if you can keep as many games as possible competitive. Which the four teams, top and bottom, make that. Yeah, I yeah. think. Yeah, oh yeah, I understand. Is it? Is this been talked about for this year now? No, twenty twenty. These are all come in yeah. twenty twenty. Okay. Um, the final thing was that the CCC will endeavour to introduce a postponed game policy Wednesday night following original fixture date. Um, so th- I think that's a good idea. Yeah. I think that that look at a postponed game. This idea that look, we'll play it at some point. That can't go on. No. It ends up holding up competition. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. So they will also endeavour to finish the All-County Football League before the championship. They will endeavour that a number of fixtures, sorry, number of fixtures to be played without county players to always be kept to an absolute minimum, but to continue with current policy to allow for the continuation of club football during the spring and summer. That's sensible. You know, you, you, you want as many county players available as often as you can, but it shouldn't hold up everybody else. Yeah. Uh, they'll also... I, I would actually be inclined to let county players play play all the time. Let them go Let them go ahead and keep playing all the way through and so on. Like, I, I actually am of the opinion that clubs should be releasing players to the county and not the other way around. You're a club player. Jeez, you're extreme. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> I'd be called that, all right. I, I do think that, yeah, I honestly do. Yeah. I, don't, I don't see why... I don't see why um, Tory lads should 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 overrule five hundred lads or whatever. Well, I'll give you I'll give you the other the other extreme on it. Mead, for example, Dublin, for example, Armagh, for example, county players don't play any league, none of it. Yeah, you know that's just it. They just don't play it. 
and, and it's accepted. And, you know, and back when Mead were winning all Ireland's under Sean Boylan, they used to run their club championship while they were going up preparing for all Ireland right. semi finals and finals. And Sean Boylan, they they now run a seven game group stage. And Sean Boylan was was quoted as saying, "While Mead have this championship structure, they'll never win in All Ireland." And he's been right so far. He's hundred percent right. It's um, a, that's a farce. And look at look how poor Mead, Mead club football is. Yeah, yeah. We'll move on. So the other thing that they'll endeavour to do on the CCC is to agree to match up fixtures based on the number of county players per team, as accurately and where pop. And where possible. So, if there's a game between Calvin Gales and Rammer, you know, in the league that that is without county players, they'll try to make sure it's Calvin Gales and Rammer because they've a similar number of county players, or or Crushalaw and Gowner. That's whatever a big undertaking, but that's a very positive move. Well, it's it's it's, I, it's innovative thinking there. It is, and it's difficult. Yeah, it would be difficult. It's going to be very difficult because yeah, county plans are flux as well. They're going to seek agreement uh, from senior management to name set number to be confirmed of players for championship fixtures um, and release all others back to clubs for all county fixtures. So essentially Mickey Graham is to name a set number of players that, that are involved in the championship and everybody else involved in the panel is to come back and play those I, games. I would presume that was already being done. Yeah, so would I. So would I actually. So hopefully hopefully that is the case. Um Sorry, where am I going now? To? Okay, so Championship 2019. The current structures, we all know, seniors 12, intermediate 14, and junior 14, four group stages, blah, blah, blah. Um, the decisions up are proposal to introduce link between league and championship with league placings determining championship status in 2020. Or uh, no link, leave it as with all county football leagues standing separate to championship. No, leave it separate. Yeah, you I can't, think so. If you, if you don't have your county players for every game, you're you're basically being legislated against and you're being punished for having county footballers and yet you could... like League is league. Leagues are for winning, are for playing, championships are for winning, as I say. And they, in Monaghan, they have that structure where league and championship are linked. But the one thing from being involved with Killing Care that they had a gripe over, they went from junior... To senior championship, whatever winning a championship, yeah, and true leagues, yeah. true leagues, and they felt like so when they got to the championship final in 2016, it was like, oh, this is our first championship final in over whatever years it was. But I was going, she used to be senior and you were junior. How did that happen? And oh yeah, but we never won a championship. Yeah. So they they got all the glo- they got all the the benefits maybe of 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 playing top football but none of the joys none of the days of, of yes we've won a championship yeah. so See, I, in Monaghan, I don't agree in Monaghan that was always the way and there's a, like, let's say the junior league uh, in Monaghan that's always been prized to win that was always a big deal yeah. whereas in Cavan it's not so that, that's just a tradition uh, I, th- I think it wouldn't be that would be difficult to bring into Cavan yeah so we, we, we reckon leave it as is decision two um, as current with all teams making, not making, that's a typo, is it? With all teams not making quarterfinals entering relegation. So in the championship that if you don't make the top eight in intermediate, junior, senior, you're into a relegation. Well, obviously not junior, but you're into a relegation. That's the current system. No, that's the current system. Yeah, yeah so the, the option is then to reduce the number of teams in senior relegation from four to three, leaving ninth team safe and then reduce the number of teams in intermediate relegation from 6 to 4 leaving ninth and 10th teams safe 
So essentially what you're saying is that if you, with, with the second option, if you finish ninth and senior, your season's over. There's no relegation, there's no quarter-finalist done, and same for 10th and 9th in intermediate. I think the current system is right. I don't really have a strong opinion on that. I think the current system probably is right. Decision three on the championship structures is continuing with efforts to play a secondary competition in junior championship, um, not a shield, but a competition junior clubs are happy with. So yeah, No, I, 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 I kind of smile at that one. Or no secondary competition is the other option. Yeah, but what's not a shield? What does that mean? Yeah. It's just, that's, just a, that's just semantics. You're just going to give it a different name. Or, call, or call it the Polio Shake Up. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that... You know, I, I don't know what the purpose of that is. Is it for development of the of the, the weak? Well, it's extra teams. games. You yeah. see, in fairness to it, I, I like the idea of it. I just think it was a shame that that not all clubs bought into it. But it is extra games. Like it, you take it into the inter county scene, and they're talking about how the gap is widening. The gap is widening because the top teams get far more games than the bottom teams, and with those games, they're getting better, and therefore the gap will continue to widen. So is it, well, is that the reason or is it because the top teams are getting far more games against against the other top teams? Playing playing more games against teams your own level down the bottom of the division, junior ranks, is that really going to help you? I think, well, I, I, I always think playing more games is going to help you, mm. personally. There's a massive issue, I don't know if it's addressed here, Damien, about with, with junior championship, because There's only four play- pages left, so... Okay. <laughs> we'll keep it. It's, it's a long podcast, folks. Because of the... Um, the gulf between Ma- with Maher and Corla, the two weakest teams in the junior in the last few years, they've only ever beat really beaten each other in the last few years, for the most part. Because of that gulf, if if you don't draw them in in the group stages of of the junior, you're at a massive disadvantage. And we've seen that with the teams that have been knocked out. Um, yeah. Good teams not making the quarterfinals because they didn't get them, and some maybe a, not as good a team gets them. There's just a big gap there. And there is. There I don't is. know what you do there. Yeah, it's it's something to be looked at. It's definitely something to be looked at. So we'll we'll keep on with this. But so what will be done? Um, this is again on championship. Championship will continue to be played in July, August, September to mid October. Fixtures will continue to be played at club venues for group stages at least, and then determined by the CCC. First round fixtures to be released after round one draw is done, which is usually around I think April time, March or April. Um, a break week after round two and again between round four and the quarterfinals three weeks break between finals and Ulster club two weeks if replay now I love that one I think, mm. I think that's a brilliant brilliant move for, for the, the county because history has shown that with a three week break Cavan teams perform better mm. they get your week celebrations and, and you still have a good opportunity to get stuck into it Um where double headers mixed level championships so I think what it's saying is that a double header won't be two senior games or won't be two intermediate games it'll be a senior and a junior an intermediate and senior whatever the case may be and then abolish the junior shield um, introduced junior A championship so I think their idea of that is is what they ran last year but they're they're calling it a junior A championship sorry did it it mention there two week run into a final um, no, it didn't. There should be. Well, I know from from media point of view, there should be. Yeah, seer, that's in the Celt. And Sunday evening, you you won't know your your finalists until a Sunday evening, and then you've got basically a day to 
to try and give them the coverage of final deserves and interview captains and managers and all that mm. stuff. It's very, it's difficult. It's really. It generally place. is barring a replay in a semi. Generally is, yeah. But yeah. I think I think it should be always if if possible. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely from a media point of view yeah. is now that's, that's the main thing. That is the only thing, isn't it? <laughs> okay, so what can be looked at? Um, a is limiting the number of games on Friday nights. Friday night fixtures are already at a minimum, is in brackets here. Um, clubs need to be careful considering this as it will severely limit accommodation of requests during the championship. When requests are sent in, the majority are to play on a Friday night um, of a particular weekend. That's, that's something I think... I'd, I'd agree with the CCC on this one. You know, Friday nights are a, are a necessary evil because... Midsummer, people who aren't involved in the GEA, they want their weddings, they want mm. their, their 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 occasions, and their Saturdays or their Sundays. And I think that where possible, we should be able to accommodate and and, and get a Friday night fixture yeah. in. You yeah. know, without a doubt. Um, championship draws after round one. I'm not sure what that's going to be. Um, what that is relating to? It's saying so. What can we? What can be looked at? And then it says championship draws after round one. I don't know. Um, so what what will not be introduced? The clubs requesting no Friday night games. Um, beginning championship, even junior, two weeks earlier. That's what they're going to try to do. Uh, no Saturday games early. So two o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, no Saturday games after 6 p.m. So... I'm, I'm presuming this is a double negative because this is what will not be introduced. No Saturday games means that there will be Saturday afternoon games or okay. Saturday after yeah, 6 yeah, p.m. Yeah. games, yeah? Yeah. So okay, so what the other things that won't be introduced. Playoffs, uh, the only deciding factor for qualification to quarterfinals. So rule 621 brackets four of the official guide will remain, which I believe is that there's playoffs rather than score difference if two teams finish on the same points or is no, it no 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 it's the it's other way not, it's not it's it's score difference it's head to head and then if there's more than, than two teams level then it goes to score difference okay yeah okay so extra time in quarter finals won't be considered um, outside Pro- of f- proper order yeah I think so too then it's going on to reserve all county football league the proposal one is single fixture to continue um, day for game to vary without or sorry to vary each weekend so it's not always senior on a Sunday and junior on a Saturday um, 13 aside in regulation but agreement to play 11 or 15 is allowed Promotion and relegation really as good. current structures, uh, grading not linked to senior status. That's essentially what's currently in place. Now, we'll go to the other proposals here. So, double fixture to be reintroduced. Decision of majority to determine whether reserve is played first or second. 13 aside in, re- in regulation, but agreement to 11 or 15 allowed. Revert to re- reserve team playing in the corresponding reserve all-county football league division to allow double fixtures. No promotion or relegation necessary. And then the third proposal is single fixtures to remain 13 aside in regulation, but agreement for 11 and 15. Decision to split 
sorry, decision to be split in two, either geographically, divisions, sorry, divisions to be split in two, either geographically or strength going on the 2018 tables. So play home or away, home and away, the top two in each group qualify no. for semi-finals. No, no, Changing no. a huge amount. Too much. The second one, go back to playing them on the same day, tie your reserve team to your, to your first team and, and so be it. Okay, there might be the odd mismatch in it, but for the good of, of reserve players out there, they're going to get regular games on the same day as their as their senior team. It's going to be a crowd watching them, and and it gives w- them a day free on the weekend. Yeah, I you yeah. know. Instead of instead of reserve players were 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 the, the ones who were being battered by this double weekend fixture I know, because they had to tug out for the seniors as well. Yeah, so so no, it's no wonder so many reserve games were being conceded. Yeah, that, that, it has to go back to that system. Yeah, I think so. The only thing that I have a problem with that I disagree with on it is that 13 aside is the regulation and 15 or 11 is the option. For me, it should be 15 aside is the regulation. If you cannot feel the 15 aside, then 13 or 11 is perfectly all right. And But what, what I've seen on two occasions this year was 13 aside being used with seven lads sitting on the bench. Five, yeah. six, seven lads sitting on the point. That's Good completely point. wrong. Yeah, that's you know that's, that's a great point. That and, and the teams that used it were saying, well, do you know what? The open spaces with two le- less players will suit our games, and therefore it was tactical. Shocking. That's that's completely wrong, and I don't I don't agree with that. I I'd like to see it go to fifteen instead of that, but I can understand that you have to um, you have to have the options. You know, you have to have the option of going to eleven or thirteen, where where clubs cannot field bigger numbers. Um, so, yeah, we're going back to, yeah, so the eligibility they're talking about, I don't know what this is, so I'm going to skip over it. Eligibility being Proposal 1, Division Division 1, 2 and 3, 12, 10 and 10, which doesn't add up to the number of clubs in the county. Proposal 2, Division 1, 15, sorry, I'm presuming this is on the reserve again, sorry. Okay, we'll skip on by because there's three proposals about how many numbers in each division of the three teams. Uh, decision two is to allow unlimited changes throughout reserve league. Um, update list released each week. So essentially, that's your first twelve that you're you're able to change um, the number of players on each. Sorry, I know what the eligibility is now. So in division one, you name twelve. In Division 2, you name 10, or in Division 3, you name 10. Second proposal is Division 1, you name 15. Division 2, 15. Division 3, 10. Third proposal is Division 1, 15. Division 2, 10. Division 3, 10. So your top 10 or your top 15. Uh, the current structure is the top 10, top 12 in Division 1 and top 10 players in Division 2 and Division 3. So unlimited changes throughout the league. I, I I like that idea. Sorry, the other one is limited changes with reviews after 6, 9... Three six nine games. Um, I like the unlimited changes for the simple reason that if somebody gets injured and is only coming back and not making the senior, but may have been on the first twelve, you can bring him in and reintroduce him through reserve football. Mm. I think it's a better system. Yeah. Any any comments? No, I think I agree with you on that. So conceded fixtures. Um, decision one: no penalty for conceding reserve all county football league. Second option is to find them, or third option is to lose home advantage in all-county football league for each game conceded. So the following season, I'm presuming, yeah. instead of having an even number home and away. I'm totally against fines in the GA. I think that all you're doing is hitting the volunteers because 
they're all out fundraising to make this money. It's not like they have a stream of income coming in. It's not, they're not yeah. businesses. I wouldn't find them. But I think, yeah, lose your, lose your home game. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, I agree. Or even dock points. Or even dock points, definitely. But it doesn't seem to be an option within it. But I, I definitely think there should be some penalty for conceding fixtures. Um, reserve Championship from 2019. Decision 1. Current structure. Three group games. Then knockout. Quarterfinal, semi-finals. Depending on the number of teams. Um, or revert to a backdoor system, backdoor structure. Um, probably current system. Yeah, I, I agree. It's more games. Yeah, it's more games. Now it puts a stress on on a senior manager because he has a Wednesday game and then a a, a senior game at the weekend. It's very hard to get a full training session in. But I I, I think that they deserve it. D- yeah. You know. Yeah. The reserve footballers deserve the same as the as the first team footballers. Decision two: eligibility based on first named fifteen, twelve, and ten, or eligibility based on participation in first team championships, which was the case a number of years back. So this would revert um, reserve championship to later in the year, starting after junior, intermediate, and senior, and being played concurrently. Yeah, I, I'd go with that. <coughs> Because if you've played for your team in the first, in the, for your first team in their championship, then you're genuinely a first team player. It's worth the line. So if you come on for five minutes at the end of the game, that's it. That's and then it. you don't get. And what if you don't get another game? That's unlucky. That's where a manager has to balance it. If you if you're if you're coming on in a senior championship, you're now a reserve player, in my opinion. Okay. Okay. I. I it's uh, for me. It's a difficult it, one because to it opens it up the other way. It's where you get what we had last year was fellas who played McKenna Cup for Cavan playing reserve football at the end of the same year. True, true, yeah. And which to me is completely wrong. Yeah, completely wrong. I, I, I think there's a balance in there though somewhere that a lad who only plays a very, very minimum amount of time, you know, once if he if he does it twice, if he gets two five minutes, then yeah, take him out. But I think that there should be you must play at least a half or something like that or two games. There, you know, more more detail on exactly what would um, make you ineligible for the reserve championship. I'd, I'd like to see. So to be introduced, grading for reserve championship will not necessarily mirror the all county football league, the reserve all county football league divisions. And the final thing, Paul, you'd be delighted to see is the under I really 20, am. <laughs> under twenty one special competitions. Decision one, four year eligibility span. So players born in ninety eight, ninety nine, two thousand, two thousand and one, so not eligible for under seventeens essentially. Um and then the dates of the competition would be in February through to March March eighteenth. Um, no fixture changes allowed, agreed or otherwise. Structure to be determined by entry amalgamations welcomed uh, please note that later time of year ruled out due to other competitions both club and inter-county under 17 players um, have dedicated league and championship competitions and 3G must be used where necessary without obligation February and March is choose with pitches which is fair enough the alternative to that the other option is no additional competitions um, at this age grid the under 20 competition to continue in November and December for 2019 with reserve league re- reserve football league and championship to accommodate players um, at this early age of or at this early stage of the year, so I I think they should introduce something for those on the twenties. Yeah, yeah. On the There's 21s. too big of a gap there now between seventeen and twenty. Uh, yeah. Something needs to come in there. 
Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. So um, that was it. Was a long enough drawn out podcast, folks. But ah, it's only five hours. It's only five <laughs> hours. But the, the the final thing on it was the master fixture plan. Um, the fixtures break from Friday, May thirty first to Friday, June fourteenth, inclusive, allowing two consecutive full weekends off, including the bank holiday. So that's going to happen by by my understanding. Um, the plan will adhere to unless situated unless situations beyond the control of the CCC arises so the master fixture plan will be stuck to unless something goes out of their out of their control um any year new review is required the master fixture plan can be finalized mid january otherwise early february um is realistic crow park recommends end of february so better than um so better than 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 the rest anyway. So they 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 recommend end of February. End of February is too late for me, mm. I think. And yep. I think Cavan and Fairness are very good at getting it out as early as possible. Um, the plan to continue to, um, sorry, plan to continue to be released via club secretaries and the GA website, and the fixtures and the tables currently on the website automatically updated from the GA management system. Uh, which is also up to date all the time. In fairness, in Cav, we've a good website there. I think that yeah, look, you get it, your fixtures and results. It, it crashed a few times, but it is a good website. Yeah, it is. It's a good better website. than other counties. Yeah, a lot better than other counties. Um, here's the one for you, Paul. Anglo Celt receive fixtures and all competition tables, but changes occur through club agreements, and unless agreements are abolished, this will continue to be the case which is the whole point or the, the CCC's point that if the fixtures go into the Celt on a Monday and a club then makes a change on a Tuesday or a Wednesday there's no point in having it in the yeah. Celt it's, and, it's and also they, they never they never inform the Celt and it's happened so many times that um, we've had photographers go to games or reporters go to games and the game has been moved by a couple of hours or, or has not been played that day at all and we never yeah. get notification it's really really annoying yeah yeah, can be. And and look at it's a waste of resources yeah. and, and resources, as you said earlier, are limited. So um agreement to change fixtures to remain in place with no limits. Um again. So look at there's a lot for clubs to think about and I wanted to bring that onto the podcast for the simple reason that it it's gonna have a huge impact on the on the GA calendar in the in the years to come. So it's it's something that all clubs should be aware of. And if you're listening to the podcast, get on to your club delegates and, and let them know your opinion or find out if there's a club meeting about it because everybody should have their say on what the structures are going forward in the GEA. So thanks a million for listening to the McAvoy Super Value GEA podcast, all of it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, don't forget to tune in for later both, in the week. For both of you that are still listening. For both of <laughs> you still listening. Don't forget to tune in later on in the week. We'll be having, uh, we'll be bringing you the Cavan team uh, to face Kerry first and foremost here. Well, sorry, it's on the patreon.com forward slash we are Cavan website.